0: Yeah, this this won't be, there won't be another one of these. I'll spare you guys all the Okay, so we're on air. Good good morning everyone. Good to see everybody again with this long message that's never ending. Everlasting, yeah. It's just the pits, okay. <laughs> I I went ahead and made a a second copy here because as I as we all do this, you start studying and you know you jot down things here and um so we're gonna we're gonna pick up where we kind of left off last time um I kind of in part one just kind of went through some of the things really really quick on that second page um I do want to preface this by saying, I know last time we 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 talked a lot about the two witnesses, and I don't want anybody to be um and, and i'm I'm saying this not necessarily in this room, but anybody that might hear it that thinks, well, man, he really didn't there were two witnesses, but there's many others like those, uh, it's just that they were in the spotlight at that point. Pastor's term was they had a little bit more notoriety and they were in the public eye, so to speak, more. That That's the only thing I was trying to say. But I wanted to emphasize, too, because uh, some people just say, well, there's only going to be two people that are functioning in that manner, and that's not true. That's just not true. When you go back and you read Zechariah about the, um, and I've kind of referenced that in Zechariah's chapter 4, you go back and you read verses 1 through 11. You realize that there's other people that are functioning in that same manner. But two are going to come to the forefront, and that's God's choosing. It has nothing to do with, with you know, it, it, God's going to choose those that are going to be in that situation. So, Now, I want to start off with a very um, stimulating question to begin this. Because we're talking about some really deep things here we're talking about the the timing of god that's involved in this and to be honest with you none of us knows the time when these things are going to be we can we when it's going to actually happen you know i i know um dr horton i read a lot of his books in seminary he was a great guy great theologian um great scholar and you know i he had a lot of great things that he he wrote about, even a book about Revelation. And um, but uh, we don't even know when the rapture is going to occur. I mean, there are certain signs that we can look for. But I mean, there's been generations before us that oh, the rapture is coming really soon, right? Even even in biblical days, but it never happened. So <laughs> we continue to to proclaim that, but we really don't know when the rapture. Is going to occur and and then you know the whole discussions about are you pre-trib are you mid-trib are you post-trib i i'm no trib at all we are great tribulation is not allocated to the future great tribulation just means megas pressures that are going to be applied so have you not experienced great pressures that are being applied so in some forms we've already been partaking of great tribulation in this walk so i'm not here to um and i'm just saying this because i know somebody will get this and they'll listen to it or hear it that's not been with us for a while and they'll go uh, well wait a minute i thought the we were going to be raptured out and not experience any kind of tribulation and that that contradicts scripture it just does but i'm not here to say tomorrow the locusts are going to be released I, i can't say that i don't know that timing and, and I think it's dangerous for any of us to step into that unless we know with 100% certainty that that's coming. And I don't think I'll ever be at a 100%. <laughs> I, I'm just human. I mean, I'm just just kind of saying I I'm not going to touch that with a any kind of pole, much less a 10 foot one. So we're going to pick up in Revelation chapter 11. Okay, incoming alert, alert, alert. <laughs> that was <a> false alarm. <laughs> uh, and So so let me get back to my question. Some of you are wondering if I'm gonna get back to that. And there we go. Now that was a delayed alarm. There. That must have been on the Android phones there. So, so, so the question is this: Is Satan isolated away in the bottomless pit now? Question. So we know he's making himself known in other ways and in other places so we know that his confinement or isolation is not in this place currently we know that that is a time period when god chooses to do this where he will be totally confined away from humanity but then the other beastly creatures are going to be released so he can be confined but then these others are going to come to the forefront and they're going to influence Mankind, and they're going to use individuals to really propel the evil agenda. And as I say this, there's all kinds of things that are, we're all thinking about um, governmentally. I mean, because we know the whole spirit realm works through a, a a demonic structure, right? I mean, we know the there there's seven principalities. We know that God has Uh, seven dimensions of his spirit that flow forth from from him right so the structure is there and these principalities I think there's 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 teachings out there and I'm just saying this kind of thing because based off of what we just came out of with a seminar false prophets false teachers and stuff that think that spirit beings can be killed how's that possible there's no way you can kill a spirit being. There's some teaching and, and angels being wounded and all this kind of stuff. It just doesn't make sense and it doesn't lie Scripture. So the enemy is very much at work. And according to the book of Job, we know that he is roaming... Um, throughout the earth, to and fro, walking in it, up and down. I mean, he's directionally, he's he's trying to be everywhere with limited resources. And I guarantee you, he has demonic forces stationed in strategic places in the United States and around the world. And... So when we're talking about the enemy he's not confined to this place yet. So we're speaking out into the future but um and we all know this but I remember growing up every time you talk about the book of revelation everybody was just like man it's so confusing. And that that was a predominant thing is I don't understand it it's too deep. I don't oh uh, and and we just did not have a framework and i didn't experientially of of how to how to even interpret it you know and it was really and and that's not a, f- a fault of any anybody at that point it's just i was not where we are today spiritually um i had not wrestled with a um, principality or a power or any of those demonic forces um ever <laughs> I, I had encounters, but I didn't know what they were really. So I just kind of didn't talk about them. But now the the knowledge that we've gained and the experience that we have in warfare, in fighting these creatures, the Book of Revelation comes alive in a in a in an incredible way. Because of who we are in the Lord, and the markings, we're going to talk about that really really deep, really interesting of how we are all marked we don't just have armor that's important there's other markings that identify us that these forces know i cannot touch that person (laughs) and that's great to know right (laughs) when we move into some of these time frames in the end times these creatures that are going to be unleashed into the earth they will, they know, and, and some people have a problem with this. You're giving too much credence to the enemy. The Bible teaches us stuff. I'm not giving credence. I'm just saying we need to be ready. And much, much of the earth is not going to be ready because they're going to think they're raptured out, right? No, it's not going to happen the way most people think it's going to happen. And to know that you're marked by God and you have His seal upon you it is, is incredible to know that when these locust creatures and the beast, and there's more than one beast that, we deal, that we're that we going to deal with in the end times. We'll see that in just a moment. You know There's a lot of talk about Satan, the false prophet, and the beast, and those are true. But John spoke about seeing another beast, and it's really, really interesting. So we're going to dive in and start in Revelation 11 where it speaks about the unleashing of the beast out of the bottomless pit. This is a real place, and it's very much, oh my goodness, God never, I don't say that, if you are ever allowed access into this place, you want to get in and you want to get out as quick as possible. (laughs) And, I've never been to the bottomless pit, nor do I want to go there, <laughs> but we've all experienced influences that are evil, that want to just totally annihilate people like us. They hate us. I mean, there's, there is an evil hatred that is spewing out of the mouths of a lot of people right now that you can sense that, you can feel it, and... It's coming from people within the church and even without the church, or that are not even associated with the church. And so John writes here, and we know it starts in verse, verse 1 here. I included the first three verses because uh, on the other sheet it only had uh, beginning verses 3 because I wanted us to see the, the place where he's at in the Spirit. He, and it says, And there was given unto me a reed like a rod, and an angel hastemade. Saying unto me, "Rise." Now, I want you to think about this. How many times have you have you seen the scripture, and the, and in this case, it's an angelic being, and there he's given a a word from God telling him, it, "You need to rise." They, they, very seldom do you see them say, "Okay, just lay down." <laughs> they are all God's all about action, and He's wanting us moving forward, right? Wanting us not sitting back and and, and laying down and giving up. He's always being proactive and saying, rise, get up. And he tells him exactly what to do. Measure the temple of Theos. So here we are. We bring in the temple. Now, where is he at? He is in the Spirit. We know that the the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony is where he's at, right? This is what he's, he's been asked to do. Measure that out. And not only that, not only the temple, but he said the altar where this is a heavenly place and where these sacrifices are being made and those that are proscuneo in this heavenly place. Three different things he's told to do. How is that possible? Most people would read this and go, Huh? They have no framework from which to draw because the, that their spirit is so tied to this earthly realm they won't let anything new happen where God can take their spirit into the the temple the heavenly temple now you you recall any kind of experience you've ever had where you, maybe you were not aware visually but you don't have to be you you can God can reveal things where you don't necessarily have open vision to see it how do you know if you're in the temple praying interceding Well, I can't answer that for you. That is a very individualized experience. But John's there, right? And John is a human being just like us, so what makes him any different where people will go, Well, that's not for today. Well, you can't say that. Well, you can, but you would be wrong because the Bible shows a person in this heavenly place and he's asked to be doing certain things, and God knows the people that are proscuneoing in this heavenly place. He knows. He knows exactly the angels are there. The angel is standing at this place. He's in a histeme. So we 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 know that term, and the angels are involved in histeme with us. The, the partnership is just. It's so apparent here with the angels and with us and what God's doing. There's such a continuity with what God's doing from the throne, not thrones. That's another false teaching. There are not thrones, there's no plurality. Every time you read in the scripture, the throne of God, that's it. Don't go and cite it, well, I saw thrones. That's a different context. It's talking about the seats of authority that people like us sit in around the throne. That's what that means. So this false teaching that's come out many, many months ago about many thrones in heaven, I saw all the... No, that, that's where there's the false strategies of the enemy convincing people. You see how subtle he is? He's so subtle. But we have the pure word of the Lord in us, every one of us. And God, God's, God's exposing... False prophets, he's exposing false teaching. And so here we are in this heavenly place. And then we go to verse 2. But the court, which is without the temple, leave that out. Measure it not. Why? Why would he not? For it says, it is given unto the Gentiles. That includes us, right? We've been grafted in. (laughs) That's that I mean pastors taught a lot about this over the years, but why leave that out? I mean, it's, it there must be great significance in that, and it is. And he says, And the holy city shall they tread under feet forty-two months. Now, if you do a study on forty-two months here, you'll find out that the enemy's involved in that same duration in Revelation. I'm not going to go into that, but it's there. He's always trying to be like the most high. And then we come to verse 3 that says, I will give exousia unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy. They're going to step into points of foretelling things that are coming. They're going to speak under the inspiration of the breath of God, and they're going to do it for a certain time period, and it's pretty lengthy. Now, it says here in the Scripture it's 1,203 score days, and it even says what they're going to be wearing, right? They're going to be clothed in sackcloth. Now, I'm going to bring this up. Okay, and I'm going to to just look around the room just for a minute. I see a lot of you wearing sackcloth. I mean, we we know the color black. I mean, we've done those kind of fast. Growing up in the church, if you wore black too much, people would tell you about it. (laughs) Black's associated with evil. Oh, really? It can be. I'm serious. I had people tell me when I would, I I don't even really, sometimes I don't even, I just grab something and put it on. I'm not even thinking, oh, black, evil. So they forget so much. And it just kind of shows you the shallowness of, and these are people that have been in the church for 20, 30 years, supposed to be leading the people. They were leading the blind. I'm just saying. And so I grew up kind of thinking, what, even back then, I was like, as a, 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 in my teenage years, I'm like, that's not my intent. I don't wear black to show how demonic I am and how I might be partnering with a devil, you know? So they're clothed in this sackcloth. And these are the two olive trees, and I put in print, uh, brackets there, refer back to Zechariah chapter 4, verses 1 through 211, oh, sorry, typo. I just now saw that. <laughs> One through eleven. <laughs> that goes right along up there with the book of Hezekiah, right? <laughs> so these are the two olive trees. And if you if you if you read that whole passage, it speaks of them as being um uh, Zachariah didn't he didn't have a clue what was going on even though he's seeing all this stuff in the spirit he's seeing these candlesticks and he's like the angel the angel the angels there giving him directives and he says do you know what you're seeing here Zachariah that's what the angel kept asking him I have no clue basically is what he's saying and the angel said these are the two anointed ones and it aligns with revelation here so these individuals and, and, and people like them have an anointing to, to step into prophesying in a manner that is off the charts in the end times. And that's why I believe that, you know, the conference that we just concluded, it, even though the seminar is going to end, this year still continues. And what is to come is going to be pretty incredible as God begins to reveal prophetic events on his timeline during the rest of this year and we speak those forth in the timing and that's the beauty of this thing god lets us know when it's time i mean he, he 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 may not tell me hey six months in advance but it might be in the same hour that he really begins to reveal now's the time seems like that's a that's a teaching that he he said, don't practice or premeditate what you're going to say, right? But in that self-same hour, this is I'm going to give it to you. That's timing. And that is trust <laughs> at a high level. <laughs> Most people can't function that way. If you're, you're the kind of person that's got to have it laid out for you, I mean, doom, 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 five weeks in a row, this, pro, this may not work for you. <laughs> I mean, it, it's nerve-wracking. It is. On the human side. And and, and I'm not saying we can't be prepared. We need to be prepared. But preparedness for something like this and a prophetic foretelling, that's not a requirement. (laughs) Because this is all within God's timing and in His heart and in His plan. And when He's ready to say, now's the time, we're going to speak as a witness. And when we speak, earth-shattering things are going to occur in the earth. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks that are standing before the God of the earth. Now, what's very interesting is Zechariah wrote the exact kind of thing many, many years before. And now here John is getting the same type of insight. It just blows my mind of the accuracy of of these, these two books and how they align in this manner. And if any man hurt them, And the word for hurt there, I didn't put that in there last time, but it's from um, uh, Adikia from Atticos, and it means if anybody does anything that's unjust or wrong towards these two or the individuals that are with them, fire proceeds out of their mouth and devours their enemies. Serious business with this type of ministry in the end times. Oh man. Right. Fire breathing fire saints. Is out
1: someone's mouth. It might be in <laughs> Hey, that's a sign. We'll
0: go. Yeah, over right. So Zach, if you go out and you start breathing fire, okay, we'll we'll know. Hey, we're we have arrived. It's time. I mean we kinda joke about it, but it's really um I'll be honest with you, it's kind of hard to fathom, <laughs> a fire-breathing human. I mean, is it going to rip? I don't know. You just start to kind of, your, your mind just cannot quite see how that's going to happen. Now, if you open your mouth and you think about the spirit of judgment and burning, and, and it, 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 that is a purifying fire. We're talking about a devouring fire here. It's different, totally different. I mean, it's a literal thing. Some people have written this off as symbolic, or uh, how do you... Okay, was well, it symbolic? Breath. Somebody had something he was going to say?
1: been around some people with breath bad enough, you wouldn't want no. to have
0: a True, <laughs> but... <laughs> 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 now... But that's the type of... Um, uh, of investment that God has put in all of us It's what I'm saying so anyone when when this time frame really begins to happen we can expect the Lord to do these things through us and it's not I'm not saying you need to go out and start going ha, 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 you hurt me I speak fire no, that, <laughs> we can't do that it's not that's not it there's some people that think they can just do anything they want to without any kind of consequence in the church they do they just think they can just do whatever this is not that now if any man will hurt them there it is again he must in the, in the same manner be killed I mean that, that's, that's pretty apparent there that if you do this to these individuals there will be a grave consequence and then verse 6 picks up it says these have exusia power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy so we'll have the ability to, to speak of droughts if if people i don't it, some of these things are hard to fathom I'm serious I mean I could read it was okay for uh, back in the days of uh, Elijah and different ones that did this but man, when you start reading this about our day and God doing using us in this manner, closing up heaven that it doesn't rain is, is okay, but thinking about fire coming out of your mouth and consuming <laughs> enemies, that's another thing altogether. So it's a, this is a sobering sobering chapter, or it is at least for me. So you've got prophecy that's involved where predictions are being made and they have exousia over the waters to turn them into the blood. So the changing of... The water source where it is no longer drinkable, where, it's where it was once water, now it's blood. So um, about three weeks ago, this actually happened. This is a true story I'm about to tell you. About three weeks ago, I was on a business trip in, in San Angelo, Texas. The first day we arrived, me and a coworker, we arrived there. We got word, as we walked into the hotel you can't drink the water, it's dangerous, there's some, something that's happened to the water, you can't take a shower, you can't do anything, I'm like, okay, so you can imagine what popped into my thoughts was something like, like and I'm not saying it was, the changing of, of the water into something it's not supposed to be, it wasn't blood, but it was to a point where it was not drinkable, so the principle, I saw this manifest about two or three weeks ago, and it lasted for two or three days. Um, and that's as far as I'll, I'll, I'll say, say that. So we need to be ready because you might be in another place, another city, another, another nation, and God tells you it's time to um, shut up the heavens. No rain for 30 days. Or... I need you to declare that, that this tributary and all the water sources and, and the water is, 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 is changed into where it's not drinkable. I mean, that's, that's what these two witnesses are called to do. And not only that, but third, it says they are given the, the delegated authority to smite the earth with all plagues. Now, plague is a plague, right? I mean, that's, that's a great revelation, Mark. But um, <laughs> did, did, did any of us set in motion the pandemic? No, I'm not saying that, but that is a plague. So we got to be able to know the the difference. I know this sounds weird, but it's here. We have to look at it. Nobody wants to release a plague. But if it gets people to turn their hearts to God, we need to be ready to do, do this on behalf of the Lord. And look at this. All of these things that we just mentioned, the shutting up of the heavens, that way it doesn't rain, uh, power over waters to turn them into blood and to smite the earth with plagues. There is a discretionary power given to people that are operating like this. It says as often as they will. And I believe part of that is us hearing the voice of the Lord at that time and then speaking it forth and then it begins to happen. I don't think I can just walk out here and go, hmm, I'm going to drive across Lake Ray Hubbard and I'm going to turn it into blood. I'm going to say this and watch it turn into blood. I don't think that's what we need to do. It's timing. It's when the Lord says it. And we do it. So how can he trust somebody? Th- these are mighty things here. And you think about trust. Trust. How much he's invested in all of us indicates the trust that he has with all of us. Think about all the years of of intercession and prayer and God opening the heavens and all all of that investment. He realizes he can give us this type of delegated authority. It it, it just boggles my mind when I think about it. In verse 7, and when they shall have finished Helio from Telos, meaning there's a set, there's a definite point or goal in mind, Once, once that comes to a completion, then comes the unleashing of the beast. And if you look at beast, it's from the the Greek word uh, therion, from thera, and it just means it speaks of a dangerous, destructive creature. I've never seen the beast. I really don't want to see the beast. I just know it is a dangerous, destructive creature. And that just kind of speaks to the nature, the demonic nature of the enemy after he fell. Um, and when this beast is released, it says he, he ascends out of the bottomless pit, and he's got an objective in mind. I mean, it is specific, it is laser focused, and it's going to, he says, to make war against them. Who's them? The witnesses those that are stepping into prophetic foretellings of what's going on, we are soon going to be in the spotlight. The message of what God's doing here is going to soon be in the spotlight. I don't know exactly when, but when this happens, this creature is going to come at us in his fury To make war against us we've been prepared for this think about some of the principalities that you have wrestled with (laughs) i remember many times years ago man like i said in the last teaching we'd come in here and for two hours it would be all out war i mean all out war for two straight hours and then you'd still leave and and you'd still be war and driving home i mean just because we weren't here mean it stopped and then you get home, and it would be warfare at night all the time, fighting all kinds of creatures. So we, we're ready for this, and I don't, we, we, are, we, we don't need to be afraid. There's no fear in agape, right? The agape it can, it will take care of the enemy. Perfect agape casts out all fear. As long as we're functioning in the agape of the Lord, we're, we're going to be okay. He's going to protect us. And he's going to cover us with his spirit. These creatures already know their demise. But it doesn't stop them from trying to influence people and to try to overtake them. Including the two witnesses. And this, this type of warfare, it can be a, a, a single or it can be a series of warfare encounters. And, and that's what you know the, the, the word there means. Yes.
2: think uh, perfect love casts out fear um, and we take it to mean that you know if we're walking in perfect love there, we don't have fear of, of whatever but when you just said perfect agape casts out fear it just, it just
0: it doesn't eliminate the fear it just says this is the way you get rid of it <laughs> and, and, and when you're
2: walking Passionate pursuit after his will, his plan, and, and after him, then what he has called us to do, there is no fear. Mm-hmm. We don't have to fear of what the enemy might do to us because that perfect agape, that perfect, passionate pursuit, casts out fear that the enemy might try to bring, you know, as we go forth and, and do the, the will of God father and um you know because sometimes you may think well if we do this the enemy's going to be there and he's going to do this well we don't have to fear that Mm -hmm. because if we're walking in his perfect agape right then he he's protected we're protected by him by his
0: love Mm -hmm. yeah there, there there's really a lot to that thank you for mentioning that but we we have all experienced the enemy in a fear his fear tactics i mean it doesn't even bring in okay there there's different um fears one thing but terrors another one i mean you talk about it. so there's different aspects of of how the enemy will try to keep people from moving forward and and in this case we just need to know that we we are we're protected right remember If anybody tries to hurt these ones There are severe consequences We need to focus on that On on that how the Lord's going to protect us And including the the perfect agape And now This is where it kind of gets It takes a turn For the worst initially It says and when this beast Comes out Causes war with the witnesses. It says, and he, he overcomes them. And that's the word where we get uh, Nike from. Um, but it means to subdue them. And he, kill, he kills them. Absolute destroys them. So it kind of seems like it's contradictory, right? Any, anybody that hurts them, remember? It's not because of what's getting ready to happen. Verse 8. And their dead bodies, and dead bodies there is just a lifeless body or corpse, they, they died. They're going to lie in the street of that great city, which is spiritually or pneumatically called Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, excuse me. Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. And they of the people, kindreds, tongues, and nations, there's a fourfold progression here, shall see their dead bodies three-and-a-half days why three-and-a-half why not I-, I was thinking man it would have been really cool if it would have been three days they were there and then they rose right three-and-a-half days and shall not suffer their bodies to be put in the graves I mean the fact that they're leaving them out that long is very um, it's not normal most people when they die you prepare them for burial and get them ready they didn't in this case um, and, and they shall dwell upon the earth. They that dwell shall rejoice. So these people are going to enter into being very cheerful at this time. They make merry. And to make merry, I put the definition there for you, means to put in a good frame of mind and, and to really rejoice. So cheerfulness and rejoicing is going on by the people at that time. Boy, I, I could really... We could all apply this in a lot of ways right now. And they're sending gifts to one another. Gifts there is uh, Doron, and that's just give, the sending of a, of a present to one another. What is wrong with these people? I've been, we've all been saying that for weeks. What is wrong with some of these people and, and the things that they're doing and things they're saying and releasing, right? In some ways this is kind of applying I'm being very conservative with my comments there I mean we could now why are they doing this because the two prophets tormented them that dwell on the earth how in the world could A prophet that's foretelling something that's going on or will be going on how is that tormenting people on the earth it's just really odd I mean it's like prophetic ministry is meant to still follow the same edify comfort right I mean so I think it's a matter of perception and perspective because if I release this word over here and it's just a matter of how it's received, right? It might be tormenting to one person because they're looking at it through a different lens versus another person seeing it go, well, man, I didn't see, hear, or feel that way at all. So, let's go ahead. You well, get some. Right. Right. Shut them up, which is going to be the majority of them. They've been tormented. Right. Right, because they have that power to breathe fire out and kill them. True. Yeah, I mean, that that is there. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's definitely there, and it it is all a matter of um, reception and you know wh- how people receive the word. You know, it's kind of it, you know I re- in in part one I referred to the uh, the, you know, the the parable of the sower, how when the seeds being sown and in this case the prophetic seeds being sown, it's up to the recipient. You know, it, it, even me, it, I could let it fall on on uh, on. on uh, you know rocky ground or good soil so yeah so all of that does apply so thanks for mentioning that
1: government that really uh, affected the world and there was, yeah. there was the, 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 the tactic of oppressing other nations due to financial and due to military might and so God dealt with Sodom with fiery destruction God dealt with Egypt through plagues and through crazy right. this from, spiritually speaking, Sodom in Egypt, where the Lord was crucified. So I think this further talks about some of the ways that these two witnesses, you know, where there is just a, a hotbed of lustful, lascivious It, it's Everybody very interesting. And they just grasp on to where our Lord was crucified that they will let go to Jerusalem well, how do you then be Sodom,
0: Sodom and Egypt to it. Geographically those are
1: really different from each
0: other. So anyway, I just No, 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 those are great observations and so to to answer Rick's question, this could be a, an ongoing <laughs> if you factor in you know, going back in Sodom and Egypt. Yeah, so those are great those are great parallels. And it does. And you know, I start thinking about, you know, as Pastor was talking about that, we really need to pray for our government. I know, I know we've been doing that for a while. And um I I'll just interject that there, because some of this stuff that we're talking about, it's very close to home. All right, so let's. Verse 11. And after the three and a half days, the pneuma of Zoe from God enters into them, and they histeme on their feet. What a sight to behold. Can you imagine? It's one thing to read about a resurrection. (laughs) It's another thing to actually witness that actually happening after three and a half days. They're stinking at this point. And then all of a sudden, the spirit of life enters in. They stand in his in front of everybody in that place at that time. We need to believe the Lord. If we are in this situation, I could say when because we know it's going to happen, he's going to raise us up. The two that are going to be in the spotlight, he is going to raise them up. Let that be, you know. <laughs> as soon as you start saying that, you might be, you, <laughs> you know. um, And how did the people respond? Megasphere fell upon all of them which saw that. I mean, that, I, 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 that would be pretty alarming, wouldn't you say? That would be like, you know, Dennis and Tammy, laid out and all of a sudden the spirit of life comes in they they're on their feet they just spoke about a prophetic foretelling and 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 all of a sudden everybody's wide-eyed and they don't know what to say don't know what to do and fear comes and then they heard a great a mega mega's voice from heaven saying unto them come up hither and they ascended up into heaven in a cloud now what's the reason why i put this here is again we are talking about humans just like us right sometimes when people read the scripture they read it as okay what happened on the day of pentecost that was for then right that just for that time frame it doesn't need to happen anymore apostles they they're and, and it's just not true people in our day are being called up into heaven and to function there, and these guys are, are actually—they're they're going up into heaven in this cloud before their enemies, and the, the enemies are described as beholding them. Thoreo. The word "theo" was in there. It was—it was one of those God moments that God said, "Look, I'm going to let you see this," and that's what happened. In verse 13, in that same hour, here's that principle: was there a great earthquake? And the results of that earthquake was a tenth part of the city fell, and in the earthquake, seven thousand men were killed. There is going to be great destruction when these things begin to really manifest through the witnesses. And the remnant, so there's some remaining ones. Not everybody was destroyed. So who are these people? I mean, they're obviously the remaining ones, but there's a remnant, right? We've talked, there's been a lot of teaching about the remnant. So I just, when I read this, I, I flipped over and I started going, okay. So as you read the book of Revelation, there's mentions of a remnant, servants, saints, prophets, witnesses but the church is going to be raptured out, right? No. (laughs) Some people can explain it away with the best of them. They'll think, well, oh, the people that remain are going to be the servants, that are going to be the saints. And I don't know if I, that, that does not make a lot of sense to me. So the remnant that's here. And it says the remnant were frightened. They, and this, this, one, this word for frightened here means they, 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 were, they, were, they were alarmed, and rightfully so. But they gave glory, or doxa, to the God of heaven. So you've got the glory coming in at the end of this. Defending who? The witnesses. It's another, another instance where the pastor's done all the teaching about the glory and uh, uh, of God that dimension of the Spirit of God being uh, covering and, and protecting the, 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 the person that's the, the, with the message there it is again right here at the end so this is all about the unleashing of the beast out of the bottomless pit now at some point Satan is going to be bound in this, in, this, in this spiritual place known as the bottomless pit Revelation 20 beginning in verse 1 says and I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key now this did not say any human being whoop, had the key that's important I you and I cannot say you know what well you know I think I'm just gonna unlock the bottomless pit today whoop there you go that's not we we don't do that I don't want to be responsible for that anyway <laughs> so to have that key would mean you have the authority and the access to be able to go into that place. It's just like when we enter our homes. I've got my key. Monica doesn't have it, so she doesn't have the authority nor the access to it because I've not given that to her. So when they take the key, that's what they've got. And the bottom of the bottomless pit, and a megas chain is in his hand. Wow. And he laid hold of the dragon. Laid hold there is krateo. And that's the, the power from the throne. So what, with the power that God given to him, he's using it on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan. And what is he doing? He's bound for a thousand years. It's a long period of time. And then it says, and he cast him Can he cast him into the bottomless pit? I mean, when it, when it says he cast him, I mean, he was thrown in there. It wasn't like, let me open the door and I'm going to kind of push you in. No, it wasn't any of that. That angel said, I've got this megas chain and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it and the, krat- the kratos that I've been given, and I'm going to throw you into this pit and close it off. It was a violent thing. I mean, you, you imagine trying to grab you know this whole picture. It's Satan kind of got his hands behind his back and you know it looks, no, it ain't any of that, boy. It's made, this is major warfare. That's why he's got a great megas chain. And he shut him up, which means to close him up, and he set a seal upon him. This seal, I've studied this all through the Book of Revelation. There's three terms for seal, and it basically means the same thing throughout. It's a it's that stamp with a signet that indicates a, um, a, a private mark for security or, can, or, or pr- preservation. So it's like we all have those stamps out on our desk at home or at work where we've got our, our, our signature or our, our name or whatever. That's the type of thing that he's got. He's been stamped with it by this angelic representative. And why, why is he stamped with this? So that he should not deceive the nations no more until the thousand years shall be fulfilled. So there's a time frame where he is not being allowed to release any deception. It's sealed off. It's closed up. But then after that time frame is ended, he's loosed for a little season. And the season there is Kronos. And we all know that Kronos is the overall timing of God, So at one point in the chronology of what God's doing in this earth, after he's closed up, he's going to be loosed. And boy, when he's loosed, he's been there a thousand years. You think he's going to be happy? Anything but. Revelation 20, verses 7 through 10. This continues to speak about the thousand. After the, when the thousand years are expired, Satan is loosed out of. Now, John says it's a prison. He identifies it as a prison. Boy, I, I've been in and out of those over the last year. It's part of my, my new job that I've been doing is going into prisons all over the United States, um, uh, local and big DOCs, and it is a prison-like place they don't get to do anything on their own i mean it's it's, it's really and it so i can really identify it's a place of isolation is what it is and he shall go out now look what he's doing now remember he's been closed up and he's been not allowed to do any kind of deceptive work he goes out to deceive the nations that is his objective is deception of entire nations of people do we see remnants of that deception today? More so than any of us would like to really discuss. It's going to get worse. Which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog, Magog, to, and to gather them to battle. Polymas, that in warfare. Series of encounters. The number of whom is the sand of the sea. Lots of... And they went up on the breadth, which is really the width of the earth. Who are they going after? Not only is he out de- deceived the nations, but he's, he's wanting to encircle the camp of the saints. That's us. Not only that, but he, he wants to also encircle the beloved city. And when he makes that type of maneuver, the scripture says the fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. No man will be involved in this instance. It says the fire from God came down and he took care of the enemy. And the devil that deceived them was thrown into another place. This place right here is the eternal lake of fire that, that has, burns with a brimstone here. That's yet another real place. Growing up, nobody ever, they talked about these things. But, you know, they, they would talk about the lake of fire, you know, hell. And the lake, but it doesn't say hell. Here, it says the lake of fire. This is the place of eternity where the enemy and his angels, where those were the only two that were, were destined to go there. Jesus taught that. He didn't make, he didn't make the, the lake of fire here for mankind. That was not in the heart of God. And Scripture says that. But he's thrown into this place, and he's, and he's with who? The beast and the false prophet. The pseudo-prophetes. And that just means a, somebody that's pretending to foretell, foretell things, and they're, they're really acting as an imposter. And they will be tormented day and night, forever and ever. And we're not even going to get to this list, this part here. So I'm going to just kind of stop there. And I'll I'll say this as I finish. I mean, the the things that we're discussing here are very, very deep. And um, I believe we all get this. And when the time is right these things are going to begin to happen. And we do not need to be afraid nor dismayed because we are functioning in the perfect agape that Nancy referenced earlier. And when we're moving in that manner, all fear is cast out. And just remember that there's a lot of grotesque things that are going on. There's a lot of things that that are that are sad and that grieve you in your spirit. I mean it's there. Focus on the things that that are more on the positive side and don't be overwhelmed by the negative. Because God is with all of us and he is taking care of us and we didn't have time but he has marked every one of us. We have this marking in our forehead. In the spirit, we have this, his mark. And it's the name of our father that's written there in our forehead. It's a visible, and, and, I, and I wrote this down. It is a visible identifying identity marking in the forehead. That we all have. And when these forces see those markings... They realize, yeah, we know two are going to die. We do. We know that. But they're also going to be, the spirit of life's going to enter, and they're going to be resurrected in, in the eyes of our enemies. So I encourage all of you, as we go forward in this, in this year of the prophetic, it's going to be like nothing we have ever encountered up to this point. It's going to take on many different forms. And as I said earlier and this was a prophecy the spotlight is going to be upon us and we're going to be in that spotlight not to show how great we are but to show the world how great God really is and what he wants to do in their lives and they're going to have the choice to either come on the Lord's side or they're going to be on the on the side of the enemy there is no gray area they're either going to be marked by God or they're going to be marked by the enemy. That is it. There's no in between. It's very simple. So Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to share with everyone again. Help us all as we continue to move forward to not leave our first agape, but to remain there with you. We love you, and I praise you, and I give you thanks. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen.